Planning a mission trip for your group can be really hard, so we created a super simple process to make it easy. Learn more today at blueskymissions.org. You're listening to the Student Ministry Podcast. If you're a youth pastor, small group leader, college pastor, or even a parent, this podcast is for you. Whether you're looking for tools and resources or encouragement and wisdom, you've come to the right place. Here's your host, Kenny Ortiz. Hello, hello, greetings, and welcome back. This is the Student Ministry Podcast, and I'm your host, Kenny Ortiz, coming at you from the great metropolis of Orlando in the beautiful sunshine state of Florida. Thanks for listening. I am incredibly grateful for all of our listeners. This podcast has grown in popularity much faster than I anticipated, and that is super exciting. This is episode number 15, and in just a moment, I'm going to bring you a really unique interview that I had a chance to do with a man by the name of Ajit Fernando. Excited to bring this uh, to you. Hey, before we do that, a couple quick bits of information that will be important. Uh, Number one, I want to just make sure everyone knows the importance of being subscribed to the podcast. Now, anyone who's listened to this for, for, you know, the the first through, you know, the first few episodes or so knows that I've got kind of a random schedule. You know, I'm not posting every Wednesday or every Friday or, you know, every week or whatever the way a lot of podcasts do. I'm sort of just kind of all over the map and kind of, it's kind of random and haphazard. I apologize for that. It's kind of this is my lifestyle right now, but the only way to guarantee you never miss an episode is to be subscribed. Every episode gets delivered directly to your device when you're subscribed. So make sure you're subscribed. That'll make it easier for you. The best and easiest way to subscribe is to head over to our website, studentministrypodcast.com, and click on any one of the subscription buttons there. That'll make it super easy, take you over to the page where you can subscribe. And of course, while you're on the site, you can check out our uh, recommended resources with some books, blogs, podcasts, things of that nature. You can check out the show notes to all previous episodes, the archives of previous episodes, and some of the additional recommended readings that are listed in some of those individual show notes, things of that nature. Nature. So, hit, so you know, again, check out the website. It's studentministrypodcast.com. Hey, one other quick item before we uh, head on over to the interview is if you are a part of any Facebook groups where, uh, you know, maybe a social media group or Facebook group where there's a bunch of youth pastors that you think maybe the episodes of this show would be valuable, can you do me a huge, huge favor? Head on over to those groups and just share the link to uh, our website there, you know, just studentministrypodcast.com. If you'd be willing to do that, that'd be a big, big help. I really want to get the word out to as many youth pastors as possible. Um, you know, this this podcast is not a money-making venture really a, a, in any way. Um, it's really a desire, my desire to just be a resource to youth pastors and college pastors. So if you don't mind, if you would share this whatever with whatever platform you're connected to or any group you're familiar with, any email, you know, an email group or email chain you're you're a part of any place where you know youth pastors or college pastors are going to live if you think this would be valuable to them do me a huge favor if you would share that that would be uh, really great that way we can get the word out to more youth pastors and again be a be a grander resource to to more people in youth ministry and in student ministry that's the ultimate goal that would be awesome that'd be a big big help if you could do that i would really appreciate it thank you in advance All right, let's get to the interview. Uh, For those of you who are regular listeners of my other podcast, Theology for the Rest of Us, uh, you are going to hear an interview for the second time. Uh, Good thing it's a good interview because I think it's worth listening to twice. I know many of you listening to this are are also listeners to my other podcast, Theology for the Rest of Us, and I want to encourage you, uh, if you are not, you can check that out 
on the web, theologyfortherestofus.com. But on that podcast for Theology for the Rest of Us, in episode 160, I had a chance to interview Ajit Fernando, and I really loved sharing the content with the audience for that podcast. But then as I thought about it after I published that, I really thought, really a lot of the things that Mr. Fernando was talking about really apply to youth ministers and college pastors even more uh, you know, even more so. I, th- I think the audience for this podcast could get a lot more out of this interview than the audience for that other podcast. And so I wanted to share it here. And, and I do realize there's a lot of people uh, that listen to both. And so thank you. But there is a, a large segment of you that do not listen to both podcasts. You only listen to this one. So I wanted to make sure you didn't miss this interview. It's really, really valuable in a lot of ways. Ajit Fernando, if you're not familiar with him, he really is a legend in the youth ministry and youth evangelism movement. In particular, if you're familiar with Youth for Christ and that movement. He's a big, big part of, of that movement uh, for many years. In fact, more than four decades now. Um, he has done a, a bunch of writing. He's developed curriculums and resources, training materials, things of that nature. He was the national director for Youth for Christ in the nation of Sri Lanka for more than 35 years. In fact, when we get to the interview, you'll hear he was actually in Sri Lanka when we did the interview. Uh, we you know connected, obviously, by Skype. And so he did that for more than 35 years, and as he served in that role, the organization asked him to do a lot of uh, speaking and training. So for, for many years, he has traveled the globe doing all sorts of training, counseling, uh, equipping, curriculum development, things of that nature, as I mentioned, and, and really has kind of, again, been a legend in that organization and has had profound impact globally, worldwide. Uh, today, he serves as the teaching director for Youth for Christ in Sri Lanka, and again, has continued his traveling and speaking specifically training leaders, and he really discovered that as he was training leaders, he discovered that many of the leaders uh, really didn't have healthy family lives. And he said he originally started to write the book for Asia, but he discovered that this problem was a problem that also existed in the West, in in North America. And so he wrote this book uh, really talking about the importance of having a healthy family life, that Christian leaders must have quality, healthy family lives. And we talk about this a lot, right, in church circles. Don't sacrifice your family, you know, have a healthy family life, be balanced. We, we talk about that a lot. But Mr. Fernando was really saying that, that as much as we talk about it, it still doesn't happen. And he really feels like we need to up the ante, that the importance of this topic needs to go up because there's still too many leaders that don't have a healthy, balanced family life. And ultimately, their families are suffering, and then this is not good. And so he wrote this book, recently just published by Crossway, and wrote this book really seeking to to challenge leaders to have a quality uh, family life in, in a variety of ways. And I really think that uh, that his that what we talk about the, in the interview and the content and the wisdom that he shares is really, really valuable. He's written 16 other books. And he's also written a, just a myriad of booklets and essays and articles and YouTube videos and all kinds of stuff. Again, a man who has, has had profound impact on the lives of many people and is really, really deserving of being listened to because he's got a tremendous amount of wisdom. And so I'm super excited to bring this to you. And my hope and my prayer is that the words that he shares will challenge you and equip you and inspire you to really seek after having a healthy, balanced family life as you seek to be a great Christian leader. So without further ado, my interview with Ajit Fernando. We are on the line with Ajit Fernando. He is in Sri Lanka, so several hours ahead of us, but excited to have him on the line today. Uh, Mr. Fernando, how are you tonight? Oh, doing fine. Thank you. Uh, Thank you so much for 
joining Theology for the rest of us. Uh, really excited. Uh, was introduced to some of your work not too long ago, and think you got some really great thoughts. So you've got a new book coming out, and I would love to get, you know get your thoughts um, as to you know what what the book is about and why you wrote it. So you t- take a few minutes and tell us about that. Yes, the the book is entitled "The Family Life of a Christian Leader." And it came directly out of my ministry. Uh, I spend a lot of time now mentoring younger uh, Christian workers, leaders, and pastors. And uh, I was quite surprised to find that a lot of people who are fine Christians uh, still are having uh, fairly serious problems in their marriage, problems adjusting. So I realized that there's a lot in our culture that, uh, that really seems to um, mitigate against uh, a, a healthy family life. So this book actually came out of this counseling and mentoring ministry that I've been doing. As I began to face issues, uh, I, I began to find out how people were facing issues. I thought I must write on those issues. Now, now do you find that people face the similar issues in multiple, and I know you've done work in multiple countries and uh, spent most of your life in Sri Lanka, but you've also been in the states. And you, are there? Do you find that there are similar issues cross culturally? Uh, yeah, you know the thing that surprised me when I wrote this book, I, I first thought this is one book that I'll write for Asia, but as I began to talk to people in the states, in 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 the West, I realized that these same problems are there. Uh, in the West also, the, they may, there may be slight uh, differences in the way that they manifest themselves. But um, I think in this global culture, there is a lot of commonality within the different cultures. And, and, and I began to see that. So I wrote the book with a wider audience in mind. Mm. And, man, you know, I, I've, uh, I've been in minist- you know, ministry, been in leadership, and I know that in my own life, um, I've struggled in times to really feel like I keep a, a healthy balance and taking care of my own soul. And, and I know many guys in pastor leader, pastoral leadership have said similar things. Um, we hear stories of marriages and family. Um, maybe just take a few minutes out and kind of tell our audience, what are some of maybe the greatest reasons why people end up having struggles, you know, as Christian leaders and Christian ministries still end up having trouble with relationships and family and family life? Uh, well, actually, I, one of the things that really surprised me um, as I began to write, uh, very often I would write a chapter uh, using biblical principles, and um, after I write the chapter in one of my inter- in one of my mentoring appointments, I'll see that uh, what I wrote in the chapter may not be practical for these people. That in, even though they are following what I wrote in the chapter, uh, they are having so many problems. So I began to, so I I wrote basic principles and then after writing those basic principles, I would um, write another chapter or a part of a chapter on challenges to that principle. For example, uh, I found that a lot of people who are very godly, however, are quite stubborn when it comes to their self and uh, and what they want to do. And so after writing a chapter on the place that God has in a home, I had to write a chapter on, um, on um, how, to, uh, uh, how to crucify self in the home. Um, then I wrote a chapter on unity, why unity is so important. But immediately after writing that chapter, I wrote another chapter on the love fight 
in other words when you are married you know you need to know how to fight fighting is a natural part of uh, a family life but there are certain rules that we have to follow when we have this so called love fight confrontations when problems come so uh, so uh, that was another issue another issue was you know that very often people don't understand what their spouses want and they think they are serving their spouses well but actually um, they may be making some major mistakes for example um, you know respecting a husband or showing affection to a wife uh, these things are things that we sometimes take for granted but we may be missing out on what the other person wants so i used to ask uh, wives for example when i speak what do you want your husband to do and so there, i i got a long list of things and i i wrote that wrote up that list in the book um you know so that uh, very often it's misunderstanding and also i think that for us christians for most of us our cross is the balanced life in other words to to be a good servant of christ to do your job well to uh, to uh, you know look after your own personal life and in addition to that to really care for your family sometimes is quite a strain it, it's 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 right it's quite tiring mm. and uh, and so i have come to the conclusion that if we think of the balanced life as our cross we will be willing to pay the price that is required to have a happy family in other words in the midst of our busy ministry uh, busy uh, workplace issues uh, that we will still uh, and busy devotional life we will still give the time that is needed uh, to, to nurture a family but if we don't have a proper understanding of the cross we will feel sorry for ourselves oh we are sacrificing so much um this is something that i am particularly concerned about the west uh, because in the west very often when people uh, know that somebody is suffering from something the question that is asked is have they done something wrong there is something that is not right here whereas in the bible suffering is a normal part of life it's just one of the things that goes with being a christian and so if you don't have a positive attitude towards suffering towards stress towards <coughs> the pressures of marriage um, that kind of um, experience of stress within marriage is considered something that is not good not right and then we get disillusioned and we don't know how to properly respond to it whereas if we expected this as part of what it means to be a disciple of christ then we could equip ourselves and know that this is normal and therefore in the midst of this i can have hope that god is doing something good mm. man you you just said some really uh, profound things uh maybe sounding simple to some people but uh, i think interesting that you said uh, you know specifically some of the things in the west um and, and there are several things you mentioned but the, the last thing you mentioned stuck out to me how sometimes maybe we feel sorry for ourselves it was like Oh, I'm you know I'm sacrificing a lot. I'm giving up a lot. Um, th- there's almost a sense of uh, maybe we overvalue our own sense of 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 sacrifice or how much we we bring to the table in terms of uh, being good ministers. Um, how does this like as people continue to do ministry leadership? You know, if, if someone continues with this attitude and they and it doesn't 
or, or any of the, you know, any attitude where maybe they're not quite having you know a quality view of how their family life ought to be. What's some of the things that might happen if if this goes unaddressed? Well, well I think uh, uh, that talks about a big problem that we are facing today. There are a lot of Christian leaders who are very angry. They're angry at God. They're angry at the church. They're angry at the people whom they work with uh, because they don't have this principle that suffering problems, stress, strain, misunderstanding, opposition. This all is part of the Christian life. And because they don't have that, when they face it, they get very angry. Mm. That's one problem. Another problem is that because of this, because people are not used to suffering, they don't stick to their commitments. Very often they will leave the church that they belong to. They will leave the spouse that they married um, because they are not used to clinging to their commitments. Uh, every generation brings with it challenges to, Christian, to their Christian life. And I think this generation's huge challenge is coming to grips with the Christian understanding of commitment. Commitment is very inconvenient. And so when people find that they are inconvenienced because of their commitments, they tend to opt out, to leave. Uh, and uh, I think that is uh, causing havoc in the world because when people don't stick to their commitments, you end up with a very insecure generation. People who have gone from place to place and not solved their problems, and that results in a lot of insecurity. So I think um, coming to grips with the theology of suffering is vital for a joyous Christian life. I think a mature Christian is someone who is able to combine a broken heart with the joy of the Lord. If, if, because those two go together in the Christian life. When you're involved with people, your heart breaks, but God never disappoints. And so we can find joy in him and serve people with a broken heart. That's some really, really great thoughts. Um, you know, I, I love the idea of just recognizing that we do have brokenness, but man, um, that, that you know, when we live this life out properly, when we live the Christian life out, the way that Christ you know, designed for us, um, that God can actually use that in a profound way in ministry. Uh, really, man, really, really beautiful truth uh, for all of us. And so uh, one of the questions I was going to ask you, you mentioned sometimes you, you mentioned insecurity. Before that, you mentioned um, ang you, you, you mentioned Christian leaders sometimes being angry. Um, yeah. Th th that, that's a unique one. I, don't, I wasn't expecting you to say that one. So that, that one stands out to me. Can you spend maybe just a minute kind of unpacking in, in what ways that may, how that begins to impact that Christian leader's life beyond maybe what we might realize? Yes, uh, because of disappointments that they face in ministry, uh, people, uh, you know, they, they can end up bitter. And when you're bitter, you're not happy in ministry. Then the price that you pay becomes too heavy a burden to bear. And that's when, uh, you know, uh, that's when there are a lot of problems. Their families are unhappy when the father or the mother who's involved in ministry is unhappy. The children end up blaming the ministry for the unhappiness in their home. And so it has a bad effect even on the family. I think it's very important that, you know, for, for people, um, children of, of ministry families, whether they are full-time or volunteer ministers, um, they need to be proud of what their parents are doing. Otherwise, they get angry with God. 
and um, and if uh, the, the the children see that their parents are unhappy because they have been involved in Christian work, they are going to blame the one who sent them out to Christian work, and that one is God. So they end up blaming God, and so this is uh, this is one of the problems that I think is so serious. This is why I think we should battle, battle with our disappointments, lament, groan to God. I think we have permission. The Bible gives us a lot of permission to groan, to lament, to express our pain. Go to him, receive his comfort, and then as a comforted person, go back to ministry. Otherwise, we go back as angry people. Well, that's a really, really great point. Uh, Ajit, that, that speaks to me personally as well. I know that that's something I've grappled with in ministry leadership. So, I mean, that's some really, really great thoughts. Um, I know that in your book that, that's being released soon, um, you, you, you give readers some practical guidance and practical advice on responding to some real-life situations in the home, uh, as well as some thoughts on how to deal with disappointment, pursuing joy. Um, maybe just spend a few minutes, kind of, if you can give the audience, maybe just two or three practical things that you think every Christian leader should be doing to, to really help balance their Christian life and their, and their family life? Um, I would say the number one thing is to be listening. Um, you know, sometimes I think I'm a very good husband. And unlike all these other husbands who don't care for their wives. And then suddenly my wife will tell me, uh, don't you realize that we haven't had a good chat for several days? And then my bubble is burst and I realize, my goodness, I haven't really been a good husband. So I think listening to each other is very important. Uh, humble listening, uh, realizing that we all make mistakes. I think, uh, I think one of the things that uh, until we go to heaven, we are going to be making mistakes. We, are, we, we have so many weaknesses. And to come to grips with our weaknesses and allow ourselves to be corrected, to change, uh, to apologize, uh, these are things that I think are very important. Uh, for example, our mood at home, I, I mentioned in my book how sometimes when I'm under a lot of stress, I tend to get angry at home and, you know, just just blow, blow a fuse. And um, uh, I, I mentioned how when our children were small, uh, sometimes when they are screaming or something, I might just snap at them. And then I decided that when I'm under pressure in my workplace, that I will tell my children, father is under pressure right now. So if I get angry, it's not because of you. It's because of the pressure. Uh, in other words, to be, a, to be realistic. Uh, and so that they don't end up confused and angry uh, because we have expressed anger in an unreasonable way. So I think one of the things that I'm trying to say is that there are biblical principles to guide us. But also we are weak people. And we reckon with both those features and work very hard at following those biblical principles. Man, it, there's some really great, great stuff there. You know, I, as you're talking, I was just thinking about the number of moments in my own life where I've had uh, a blow up or been frustrated with someone and very, very similarly have had to have, have had to go back and apologize and communicate with that person. Um, but I, I love what you just said, like r recognizing the source and really articulating that to whoever the person is could be extremely valuable. Um, really good stuff. You know, our, our time is winding down, uh, but I would love to just ask you one other question uh, for, for the person that maybe is not in a leadership role. You know, maybe there's a Christian 
who who doesn't who's not a leader in an official way. Um, maybe they maybe they're a parent, so they've got some leadership at home. Um, but maybe in general, they don't look at themselves as a leader, but they've got Christian leaders in their life. Is there anything that the that the typical Christian can do to help the, the their Christian leaders with their family life? Like, is there something that someone can do in the church to help their pastors and to help the leaders in their Christian life? Well, I think one of the important things is to pray for them and to tell them that you pray for them. And uh, and to be, uh, you know, conscious, you know, sometimes we make so many demands of our leaders uh, that, um, that that they feel under so much pressure. And if they know that we are with them, we are behind them, we care for them, uh, I think that's a very helpful thing. I am, um, um, I go to a church, I, I'm not a pastor, but I'm very, very involved in my church. And one of the things I like to be uh, is that just a, a source of encouragement to to the pastor to write him a note when uh, when or a text message when uh, when I have been blessed by a sermon and things like that um, and also to to somehow make sure that they are that we don't blame the spouses uh, I don't know how it is in the states but in Sri Lanka very often our people blame the, our spouses uh, for for their behavior. And if we can be part of, uh, you know, like an advocate for them, uh, just so that they know that they have people who care for them, I think that's something that we can do for our leaders. And that's a that's a really really great thought. I want to encourage every listener uh, to really do those sorts of things uh, for your pastors, for the Christian leaders in your own life. Uh, I think I I, I I echo that and agree. What an incredible value that could be. Um, really excited to promote this book uh, coming from Crossway this summer, The Family Life of a Christian Leader by Ajit Fernando. I want to highly encourage every Christian leader to get this. And maybe, maybe you don't call you, maybe you don't think of yourself as a leader. Pick up a book and maybe give it to your pastor or someone in your life, that, you know, as a as a gift to them. Uh, Mr. Fernando, before I let you go, uh, if there's someone listening to this that would like to kind of just follow what you've been doing um, in your ministry and your writing, what's the best way for someone to follow you? Well, um, the, I have several talks on YouTube, but uh, apart from that, we have I have we have an, a, a website called AjitFernando.com. So there you get details of what I'm doing and things that I've written and stuff like that. Well, we will, we will definitely make sure that we have a link to your website uh, on our website in the show notes for this episode over at TheologyForTheRestOfUs.com, um, as well as uh, some of the links to your YouTube stuff. That would be great. would love to be able to share that uh, with our audience. Uh, Mr. Fernando, thank you so much for spending time with us. I know you're a busy guy. You've written a bunch of books. You do lots of ministry. And uh, the fact that you would take time out to invest in our audience is a really, really big deal. So thank you very much. Thank you. Nice to talk to you, Kenneth. And there you have it, my interview with Mr. Ajit Fernando, legend in the Youth for Christ world, and I really, really appreciated uh, you know, some of the things he said. I really feel like there was a lot of wisdom there, and quite a bit of what he, what he shared We really valuable. So my hope is that, uh, that all of us will intentionally and purposefully consider you know, how we can have a better and more balanced, healthy family life, that, that all of us would prayerfully consider what we must do to cultivate a better family life. You know, in our individual families and in our individual households, I believe that will be uh, that that will honor Christ. That will be better for our families, and ultimately also 
better for our ministry. So I want to encourage you to seriously consider, you know, applying to your life some of the words that Mr. Fernando shared with us, and maybe even also consider getting a copy of his book. Uh, I think that'll be valuable. You can go to our website, look at the show notes for this episode, episode 15, and there you'll you'll see a link where you can click on that'll take you over to the Amazon page where you can pick up a copy of Mr. Fernando's book. Hey, before I let you go, let me mention one quick item. I mentioned this in the intro, but this interview that I did was actually originally an interview I did for my other podcast, Theology for the Rest of Us. And I want to just encourage you, if you're interested, you can check that out. I believe that podcast could be a resource to you, both personally as well as in your ministry as you meet young people that that maybe have theology questions. You can point them in the direction of that podcast. I believe that will be helpful for them. The easiest way to find it and to check it out is on the web at theologyfortherestofus.com. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. Hope this has been helpful and insightful. If you have a question or a topic that you want me to address here on the Student Ministry Podcast, feel free to shoot me an email. Or if you know someone that you think would make a great interview guest, maybe maybe you yourself would like to be interviewed on this podcast. Either way, I'd also love to hear from you. Feel free to shoot me an email. Either way, the email address is heyortiz at studentministrypodcast.com. Again, that's H-E-Y-O-R-T-I-Z at studentministrypodcast.com. The best place to connect with me personally is on Twitter. I love the tweet. I'm sort of a tweetaholic, so feel free to connect with me there. My Twitter handle is at Kenneth Ortiz. It's K-E-N-N-E-T-H-O-R-T-I-Z. Our intro and outro theme music for this podcast has been Actionable by Ben Sound. I'm Kenny Ortiz, and this has been the Student Ministry Podcast. (laughs) 